Hey, it's John Williams. If your home struggled to stay warm this winter, then you know it's going to be hot this summer. Maybe it's those old leaky windows and doors. Call Next Door and Window, the company we hired. Right now, you'll get buy one, get one 30% off, plus 18 months of interest-free financing. So call 1-800-NEXT-DOOR right now. That's 1-800-NEXT-DOOR or go to 1-800-NEXTDOOR.COM. Podcast. It's week 16. Bears and Chiefs. I think it definitely means a lot. At the same time, I feel like it's just another game. It's a new focus now, being in the situation we are in. We just got to refocus the guys, be competitive throughout the week, get everyone locked in, go out and get a win. WGN Radio presents Hogan Johns. What time is it? Very hard to win in the National Football League. You're not going to control injuries. That's what makes Matt so unique. He's so mentally tough. He tries to get the best out of his guys. The guys know that. I think he's great for the city of Chicago. Chicago! We're both competitive, and we like competitive people on our staff. We like competitive players. When the whistle blows and we're going out there to play against one another, he's going to be doing everything he can to put it to us. And, you know, we're going to do everything we can to win the game. With WGN's Adam Hogue. Don't mess with the bull, young man. You'll get the horn. Bingo! Yahtzee! And from The Athletic, Adam Johns. I've been a uh, symbol of broadcasting excellence since 1991. That boy's good. I'm sure it means a lot going up against his mentor and previous team and all that. But at the end of the day, we're trying to win the ball game. Here they are. The Adams. You turn this franchise around. See you in the Super Bowl. Hogan Johns. What's up? Welcome in. Two games to go. Just two. Bears and Chiefs. Andy Reid, Matt Nagy, Patrick Mahomes. The Bitmoji battle. And Mitchell Trubisky. Yes. Here we go. We thought this might be uh, a huge game earlier this year. Well, it's still an important game. I wouldn't use the word huge. Medium well, game. Well, we thought it might have It's huge. a medium-sized game. Yeah, it's a it's an okay non-playoff implication game. I would say better than okay. Yeah. Good? I'd go with good. Good. Good it, medium-sized football game. It's it's good. It's good. Um Well, here we go. Adam Hogue, Adam Johns, and our guy Joe Romano's with us this week too. What's up, Joe? In the house, baby. Let's ride. See, I got this friend named Joey Jojo Jr. Shabadoo. That's the worst name I ever heard. Oh, no. Hi, Joey Jojo! You can follow us on Twitter at Adam Hogue, H-O-G-E, at Adam Johns, J-A-H-N-S, and Joe Romano at Joey Joe Rowe on Twitter. Read us at WGNRadio.com slash Bears, The Athletic, TheAthletic.com. That's where you get the Bonus episode every single week, and uh, hopefully you've been along with us. As far as I know, that's going to keep going. Yeah, so keep it up. Uh, the season might be ending, but we're not going anywhere, and there's still two games to talk about, including this one this week. All right, uh, where should we start in this Andy Reid, Matt Nagy bowl? Their love of cheeseburgers. They're bitmojis. <laughs> I love cheeseburgers. We asked Who doesn't An- love a good cheeseburger? We asked Andy Reid about Matt Nagy's bitmoji, and his only response was, it's kind of bald. Kind of bald. Meaning there's probably a visor on it? I would think it'd be completely bald. If it was accurate. Well, Matt Nagy wears a visor, so yeah. it's still kind of accurate. Yeah. Well, haven't we seen it? I'm trying to remember now. I think we saw it. No, I saw Nagy's. No, we yeah. saw Reed's. He showed yeah. us Reed's. But didn't we see Nagy's too? I think so. I think yeah. the Bears put it out there or something like that. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, but as far as a serious conversation, yeah. <laughs> well, that's what they share. They, they talk more like who, who asked JD asked from ESPN asked Andy Reid in the conference call, like how much does Matt Nagy reach out to you? And Andy Reid said more than others. Uh, I just think there's a relationship there. It, Matt Nagy called a family. So there's a lot going into this game. You know, everyone wants to beat their brother. Everybody wants to beat their father, right? Yeah, I mean, that that's what Andy said. Andy said that they he talks to Matt Nagy more than his other assistants, former assistants that have moved on. So um, I, I still wonder if maybe if youth is part of that, because Doug Peterson, I think, got the job at a significantly older age than Matt Nagy did. Uh, so that's probably into play, but... I don't think people should ever take that the wrong way, though, just in terms of what Matt Nagy's reaching out to Matt uh, Andy Reid for, though. No, are people taking it the I don't wrong know. Way? People are be Twitter. People are just mad in general about yes, the Bears. Yes, They're looking yes. for reasons to be upset about everything right now. Um, the, and uh, there was an interesting quote from Chuck Pagano today at House Hall when asked about Patrick Mahomes' command of the Chiefs offense. Quote, it's Madden times a thousand he's scary good he is not exactly how you describe mitch trubisky's command of the bears <laughs> offense right now but uh that, that, look that's just fair it's just what it is it's uh, uh I, you know and i'll credit Nagy for i thought he was pretty candid yesterday discussing this and how mahomes had it better yeah he just did he had it better in the situation he was drafted into and someone asked me yesterday at House Hall where where I think Trubisky would be if he was drafted to the Chiefs in that situation. I think he'd be further along. What did you tell I, this this person? That's that's what I said. I, I said I mean, look, I don't necessarily think he'd be as good as Mahomes is. I don't know that Mitch would have an MVP if he was on the Chiefs, but I think he'd be certainly farther along. He would only have had one. Offense to learn from day one. He would have had a true redshirt experience behind Alex Smith in the same offense that they're operating now, which is completely different than what he had in Chicago. A four-week redshirt experience behind Mike Glennon in a completely different offense. Yes. It's just it's just different. He would have an experienced play caller who's already got, gone through his ups and downs in terms of learning. Yep. He would have a true... All pro, legitimate you move tight end in Travis Kelsey. That's where something I want to discuss here because I think what what we've learned and maybe we've I don't know that we've discussed enough this season as we talk about a team that's underachieved. When you talk about a team that underachieves, you're usually saying that the talent's all there and they just didn't perform to expectations. I think that there is enough talent here that they did not perform to expectations, at least in terms of making the playoffs. I think in hindsight, even in factoring the injuries, that, and I'm kind of realizing this just looking at this matchup this week, like on offense, the Chiefs are just, they're better. They're humming along at a different rate. But like just the, the personnel is what I'm talking about. Now, I think the Bears' Super Bowl argument had more to do with the fact that they had an elite defense that could overcome 
any deficiencies on offense. And I think from day one, all we said is that the Bears need to be in the middle of the pack offensively. Obviously, that they're not. They're just not. They're they're towards the back end. But I don't think it's all Matt Nagy, and I don't think it's all Mitch Trubisky. Oh, it, are those man, I've been harping on this. I'm like pat myself on the back <laughs> here about this one in terms of personnel. Like going all the way back to our, our blowout argument against the the Redskins after the Redskins game, right? Where we're praising Taylor Gabriel mm-hmm. for that catch. I think we have Anthony Miller coming along. Allen Robinson's a good player, but there's no tight end, man. No tight end. Just in terms of explosive playmakers, sure, Robinson and Miller provide some of that, but it's nothing like the Chiefs have with Tyreek Hill, even McCole Hardeman. To a lesser extent. Yeah. Those guys could take a 20-yard catch, turn up field, make a guy miss, and go the distance. They do it all the time. Just the personnel matters in the evaluation, I think. Well, and I don't think it's just tight end. I mean, obviously, that's a that's a huge one. Like, I, I kind of had a laugh yesterday when Matt Nagy was... Uh, actually, it was Reed. It was Andy Reed talking about... Uh, yeah, I asked him that question. Kelsey, and he's trying to, you know, be nice to the Bears' tight end situation too. Matt's like Matt's got him making catches, <laughs> but yeah, you kind of like that. But you kind of realize like they're the Bears right now have a fullback and a Ivy League wide receiver at tight end, and the Chiefs have Travis Kelsey, arguably the best in the game. Oh, yeah. So I was going to use pro football focus here for a second, which I know we've been critical of before. Um, But to compare their offenses right now, Kelsey is 86.1 grade. That's in the, that's in the um, high quality range, I believe. I don't think that quite puts him in the blue. But 86.1. J.P. Holtz, 61.8. Which, by the way, is still average. But I think that's how you would explain it. In terms of weapons all over the offense, Tyreek Hill's an 85.8. Allen Robinson's an 80.4. So think about how good Allen Robinson's been this year. And that puts him in the high-quality range, just below elite. I think that's fair for Allen Robinson. And Tyreek Hill's still five points higher. The second wide receiver, Anthony Miller, is a 68.7. Sammy Watkins is right at 67. So that's pretty similar. And then if you want to look at running back, this is actually showing Tariq Cohen instead of David Montgomery. But it's a 60... Um, I don't think they're showing the right players here. But even on the offensive line, Mitchell Schwartz is an 83.7 at right tackle. And right now, Cornelius Lucas is in there at right tackle. He's a 63.8. So, so let me go to pro football reference now, just in terms of playmakers and distribution and, and all that. Patrick Mahomes in, in yak passing yardage. You know, I'm a big yak guy. He's fourth with 1,797 yak yards. 
Mr. Trubisky. Where is he? Let me find him. Scroll down, scroll down, scroll down. 24th with 1,213. I think they've actually gone up um, as of late. Uh, yes, quarterbacks have a pivotal role in yak yardage. You need to be accurate. He delivered the ball on time. But if you watch the Chiefs, like seriously, watch the Chiefs. Like a lot of the stuff, just to go back to Pagano's quote there, like Madden times a thousand. What I read that is, is how good Mahomes is like off script. There's some Aaron Rodgers like qualities to him off script. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. They will absolutely torch you with that extra second as he buys himself time. They are so good at doing the scramble rules, so good at helping him make those completions and then turning up the field and getting additional yardage. They are so good at that. Across the board, they are so good at that. Kelsey's good at that. Hardeman's good at it. We all know Tyreek Hill is good at it. It's just a different offense to evaluate when compared to the Bears. Yeah, it is. And and I think that's the point. It's just like there's there's a lot of work to do here. I mean... It, <sighs> Let's look at this offense right now with the Bears. Who would you absolutely say you wouldn't touch? Like, like you wouldn't even begin to look at upgrading. Like, who would you take on the Bears roster over on the Chiefs roster? No, just forget the Chiefs for a second. But as you're going in this offseason, spots on the offense. And, Joe, you can chime in, too. I mean, could you potentially upgrade the quarterback position? Sure. Not saying yes. Not not saying they're I'm not sure if you can, but sure. Right, but like you could do better there. Wide receiver, I feel pretty good about Allen Robinson. But I feel like you could do better there. You could. Just hear me out. You got Robinson and Miller coming back a nice one two tandem. I still feel like and again with all due respect to Taylor Gabriel, you need someone who's a little bit more explosive back there. Again, comparing them to the Chiefs. Watch Tyreek Hill. And the plays he makes once the ball is in his hands. Yep. We're talking about some of his highlight reel plays this year where, where it's a jumping catch over two defenders and a poorly underthrown ball by Patrick Mahomes. He's making it at 5'9". Just a different type of animal back there as uh, as a threat for the secondaries. Whatever. Just, just a better offensive threat. Yeah, and that's where we talk about catch radius. Um you know, one of the things about Anthony Miller, who, by the way, I would put Miller in the category of guys who I, I think Miller's fine as your number two next year. But one of the things I remember them talking about with Anthony Miller when they traded up to get him and he's a little bit undersized is that he plays bigger than his size. But with the shoulder injury, that hasn't been the case. His catch radius is just limited. And he kind of seeks that out of bounds market recently. Well, and that's probably to protect himself, too. For sure. Absolutely. Like, we go back to that that pass that, you know, like Mitch probably could have thrown that, what was that, third, I, I forget what down it was, second or third down, where Miller's crossing uh, the coverage there. A better place ball, and you got a completion there. But, again, I need to, like, remind people, not every pass is going to be perfect. It's, it's just not. I know Trubisky has his issues with accuracy. Okay? I get it. But look around the league. Not every pass is always going to be on the money. Just not. It doesn't work that way. There's a lot of factors that factor into how good that throw is going to be. So you look at like a like Michael Thomas had like a similar catch 
where he gets one hand on the ball, like Anthony Miller got on that pass, but he's able to corral it for a Drew Brees. Now, now Michael Thomas is, is a better receiver than Anthony Miller right now. An outstanding receiver, but that's just the point. If Anthony Miller's a second-round pick is going to be in a star in that league, Sometimes you maybe have to make a, a highlight reel catch or two, something like that. Yeah. And again, he's had a, a great run here. I, I don't. If there's silver linings in the Bears' offensive development, it's him. He's coming around just fine. But you still like seeing plays like that where, where help is is delivered for your quarterback. Yeah. See, I think I think the Bears could use uh, a like a Sammy Watkins type wide receiver. You know, another one added to the to, to the group this offseason. That's just a bigger. A bigger target now, but also has to be a good enough route runner to to play. I mean, like Javon Wims is technically a bigger target, but it's obvious that he's not. We got to have certain levels of expectations for these guys. He's a seventh round pick. You, you like a lot of things that he that he is. The size seems to do things fairly well in the Bears' offense. But again, what's your level of expectations for a seventh round pick? But like, I would consider using one of these second round picks on a bigger target. And I, a name I've brought up before, LaVisca Chenault, who I absolutely love from Colorado. He's kind of more of like the Alshon Jeffrey type, that he's not going to burn you with his speed necessarily, but he's a 50-50 ball winner. See, I feel like the Bears need an injection of speed, though, a little bit. Well, and I also think that's what they're going to end up doing, because that's what they keep trying to do, is they try to get these speedy guys that aren't big enough. That's what Taylor Gabriel is. That's what Anthony Miller is. That's what Tariq Cohen is. You're the one that's all over the fact I know. that they don't have big enough targets. I know, I know, but look. You can't find a big target it, that runs fast like that, except in the top 10. Those uh, players don't not, exist. Not, okay, that's fair. Although Hardman came late, and he's a little bit bigger. Hey, he's small. Hardman? Hardman? Like six feet tall? He was supposed to be the replacement for Tyreek Hill if he was that. suspended. Hold on, we're Googling it right now. He's no. bigger than Tyreek Hill. Well, Tyreek Hill's smaller than you are. He is. McCole Hardman's 5'10", 187, which I believe is pretty much the exact same as Tyree Kill. Well, they play bigger. Well, that's the point. If they actually do play bigger... He's got long arms, then. Tyree Hardman. Kill, 5'10", 185. Yes. I mean, they're same essentially guy. the same frame. Yes, yes. Explosive threats, though. They're, exactly. They're, yes. They are. Now, that's both bigger than Taylor, Taylor Gabriel, who's, again, we're both bigger than. Yeah. Um... Taylor Gabriel's contract's not guaranteed. Two concussions this season. I'd say his future with the Bears. I haven't not. seen him in a while. Haven't seen him at all. But he hasn't been put on IR yet, which is interesting. Um, you're kind of stuck at right tackle. Bobby Massey signed a four-year contract. All his money in 2020 is guaranteed. Uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm looking at places where you can upgrade offensively. Like when I look at the fact that... that Mitchell Schwartz, the right tackle for the Chiefs, you know, was rated in the 80s by Pro Football Focus. He's their best offensive He's a good lineup. player. I think where the Bears could and should go out, and I look, I apologize, I haven't really dove into the guard market yet this year at free agency. Um, but if there's a reliable free agent guard that you know you can come in and plug in and, and play right away and be an immediate upgrade at right guard, I would do that. Yeah. Yeah, they need yeah. one of those Reuben Brown type signings that they had, you know, earlier this millennium. Heck even a Matt Slauson like signing. Yeah. Just but somebody that can maul somebody. Like they need it, it there. Yeah. Richie it, Incognito. Yeah. That that's the one spot 
that could have an immediate plug-in factor if you're looking at free agents or or draft. Yeah, it's the one spot. Like I, it's, I, I appreciate that what they've done with Rashad Coward. It's kind of a cool story. You know, he was like a nobody who they had on defense for a couple of years. Ryan Pace says, eh, this guy might be an offensive, uh, whoever said it, might yeah. be might be an offensive uh, lineman instead. They switch him. They give him a year to do it. And he's good enough to play. Yeah, again, again, it goes back to having the right type of expectations for these guys. The Javon Wims conversation again. What do you really expect? Like, what is the ceiling for a defensive lineman who converted to, to tackle and now is playing guard? Like, I get that he has certain qualities that you like, but this is how the Bears will look at it. Like, exactly how good can we get here? Yeah. But that's the thing. Stop falling in love with your projects and start. You got to have Super Bowl players. Yeah. Like, okay, you, you may have turned Rashad Coward into a all right playable. Reserve. Right, right guard. Okay. All right. Who's What is he on a Super Bowl team? Is he even on the roster? You know what I mean? That That's that's what the expectation needs to be here. And, you know, Charles, Charles Leno at left tackle. He's, it's hard to find an affordable left tackle. And he's probably good enough. I think he's having somewhat of a down year. Yeah. But is he good enough to line up in a Super Bowl or your quarterback's blind side? That's what I'm struggling with. Yeah, I think there's a financial exit point for them after this year, but you might have to eat some money. But And then part of the problem is, though, like I looked at Spotrack came out with their projected salary cap totals for 2020. The Bears only have $11 million right now. Well, again, that, that's fluid. Yes, but they're like the sixth lowest right now. Yeah. It is fluid. You can always manipulate the cap and find room, but it still points to the fact that they don't have a ton of room. And you go out, not that they would do this, but like let's just say you go out and you pay for, uh, you, you go give an enormous contract to some really good guard that you know can come in and upgrade your right guard situation. That's great and all. They should seriously consider it. But then are you going to go do that at tight end too? And then what kind of money do you have if you want to extend Eddie Jackson? I would say you would extend Al Robinson. Are you working out a deal for Leonard Floyd to bring that cap number down for this coming year? Because I realize that they think Leonard Floyd's an effective enough player, but he's not worth that money that that fifth year options. No. Supposed no, to be four. No, like that pays you, him like one of the best pass rushers in the league, and he is not. He's that. not. That. He's not that. Like th- there has to be a balance between liking a player for what he c- could do and actually paying him for what he's actually worth. Yeah, you know well, what I'm saying. What goes into that number? How uh, uh, is that like draft position? It's like a. It's like the top. It's the average of ten. The, Yes, it's, there is some draft slot to it, but it's like based off like the uh, what the, position he plays, the best position, yeah, and and how they're paid. Hmm. Yeah, it slots them. It, it's it's basically a slotted, you know, average of as soon as you pick up the fifth year option, you know, it's going to be an average of a certain amount of contracts 
that gets you there. So you know, you know at the time what you're picking up. Of course, that fifth year's option is not guaranteed. Is that worth pointing out it, here? It's only guaranteed for injury. Those two words are, are quite important in this which gives equation. The, which the, gives the Bears a little bit of leverage here. And out, yes. Because they could say, you know, it's kind of like a, can you take a pay cut situation Yeah, I, I, I with, ha- with a veteran? I haven't looked at, at over the cap or spot rack yet in terms of who could be available at outside linebacker. But that's a position that needs, that needs to be reinforced. Could you find someone who's more cost-effective and then maybe draft the guy in the second or third or fourth rounds? Yeah. Just saying. I mean, the the point here though, there's a limited amount of money that they have to spend, and there's a little bit limited amount of draft capital they have to fill some of these needs. And we're doing this conversation all in the context of the Chiefs, who overall better weapons, better skill position weapons, better quarterback, a couple spots on the offensive line that are better, and way better tight end. Yes. So. I know it's kind of depressing, but the point is, hey, I love this Bears defense. I think that keeps the window wide open, but there's a lot of work to do on offense here. A lot. It's a multifaceted problem. I get that people want to point fingers. Like The number two reasons are, one, Trubisky, two, Nagy, or, or vice versa. Right? Everybody's pointing the fingers at them, but everything's so, so interconnected. This tight end thing is a problem. Again, going back to Reed's comments, when, when he says he's the closest player to the quarterback, in a lot of cases, the tight end in this offense is supposed to be your one or number two Reed. You think it's that way for Matt Nagy? No. No. Absolutely not. It probably wasn't that way when Burton was having his struggles early on. It's a problem position for the Bears. Well, and that's another thing, because Trey Burton at this point, you almost wonder if they would just move on. But a big portion of his money is guaranteed. Um, let's see, four million of his twenty twenty salary fully guarantees on March fifteenth. So let's see, what's the total? So there might actually be an out there, but there's going to be. Seven point five million dead cap. If they were, and you don't want yeah. that. You don't want that. No, so there's not he, really an out. He's coming back, and really, I don't mind. Uh, fans may not like this to hear this. I, I really don't mind it. Again, he gives you a, like if, if if it's him or Adam Shaheen, I'm taking Trey Burton. I'll put it that way. If it's Trey Burton over, like I, I get that they like JP Holtz, and I get that they like Jesper Horstead, Dax Raymond, all these guys coming up, but. Trey Burton has still done this before. Still had a pretty good year last year. And, and look, things got off track. Maybe they'll get off track again. But you already committed some money. Give him another shot. The money says you're going to do that. Yeah, it does. But even when he was you know, at his height last season, he wasn't Travis Kelsey. And that's, that's fine. That's why so, you got to use one of those second-round picks on that guy, I believe. A lot of second-round picks to use. Just two. They only have two of them. <laughs> Just two. That's kind of the problem. All right. Um, real quick before we start breaking down this game, uh, what was your reaction to the Bears Pro Bowlers? Uh, fine. I do think Khalil Mack is, is worthy, but just in terms of what he was last year, a down year for him. Again, I was very critical of what happened or what he put forth against the Packers. You just want to see more from a guy getting paid that much. Yeah. Am, am I wrong in saying that? 
The Eddie Jackson pick is is fine. Uh, yes, the interceptions are, are, aren't there, but it, look, you talk to anybody, any offensive coordinator, they're very mindful of where Eddie Jackson is on the field. He's one of the best safeties in the game. The interception numbers just don't show it. Cordell Patterson, he's been a better, dare I say, a better coverage player than a returner, and he's been a pretty, pretty darn good returner. Yeah. That's how valuable he's been on special teams. Uh, of all the players, Cordell Patterson's the most deserving Absolutely. on the entire roster. Um, Have you guys I, had a chance to talk to those guys yet? Uh, we talked to Patterson yesterday. Is anybody? Is he going to go? Um, Has he made a decision yet? Oh, I don't. I don't. I assume so. Yeah, I don't think there's any doubt. Yeah, I'm sure Eddie Jackson will go. I'm sure Cleo Mack will pull himself. Um, Eddie Goldman's an alternate. I like that. That's a well deserved um, honor. Yes, for yes. somebody that. He didn't say, go last year? No. No, he was not one of the guys. Yeah, that's that's uh he was overlooked. To me that's a sign of respect, you know, cuz there's other like vo- fan voting's only a third of this, right? Mm-hmm. That's a sign of respect from across the league that you know, this this guy does a lot of dirty work for this very good Bears defense. I mean, it's best defense in the league last year, top 10 unit this year. It's it's some overdue recognition, I think. Yeah. Uh, to me, you know, Eddie Jackson, it's fine, but <sighs> again, a sign of respect. It is. That's what it is. Because it's just sort of like because he's out there, he's a Pro Bowler. Because if you really think about it, the impact plays this year have not been there. No, and there still have been some missed tackles. No, and a couple bad angles. It's not been a perfect year. But there again, there's some of that Cleo Mack argument there, just yeah. in terms of like when you're schemed for. Yeah, effective, effective, yes. effective, yeah. but not productive, as Ted Monachino would say. Yes. Do you think uh, Patterson will get All Pro consideration? He should. I mean, he's been the best returner. This, this yeah, is but where... I, I think he should get All Pro consideration for being the gunner, not for being a returner. Yeah, you're probably right. You're probably right. But he does lead the league in kick returning, so yeah. that kind of that's why that's why everyone's upset that Tariq Cohen's a Pro Bowl alternate, but he's the number two punt returner. So yeah, that, w- that kind of instantly makes him the the returner number. No, two. he's the number one punt returner, but number two returner, hmm. kickoff returner. I've oh, looked I at his numbers. Is he his return specialist? Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, but his numbers right now he ranks second in punt return yardage. Okay, to the guy in the Saints. Oh, that's what you, I thought you were referencing yeah. Patterson. Okay, no, no, I'm talking about I'm talking about Cohen. Okay, because everyone's upset that Cohen's an alternate, but that's why it's not because anything he's done on offense this year. Um, personally, and I know they can't like manipulate it this way, but I think if you're going to have two bare special teamers, then the right ones would be. Patterson going in as the returner and Sherrick McMahon is getting a long-deserved uh, Pro Bowl nod for his gunner work. Now, he got hurt. That kind of took him out of the running, unfortunately. He scratch for a game or two, wasn't he, as well? Earlier in the season, but that, that was obviously a mistake. And he proved it right away. It was like one of the first plays that he was in on the game. He, he forced a fumble or had a big tackle on a punt return. You want to talk about coaching errors this season? That's like towards the top of the list. It's on the list, at least. I'd bring him back at the veteran minimum. I don't know what it is for a guy of his service. I don't know what the market will be for a guy coming off. with. He's got a groin injury again, a hamstring injury. Uh, this one, oh, I forget. No, I think it was a hamstring. Yeah, I'd bring him back. Yeah. Well, that'll be interesting because his contract's up. Uh, but yeah, for the vet, vet minor, minimum, I, he's been so valuable. 
and that nonsense earlier in the season where that he was inactive that it hurt them. It really hurt them. It was so weird to say. Um, all right, well, that was the Pro Bowl situation, and I was kind of surprised that they got three guys in there. Oh, and Kyle Fuller's an alternate, which is fine. Yeah. I think he's having a down year, too. Well, he's had dropped interceptions that he made last year. Mm-hmm. Got to make plays on the ball. There's been oppor- they, they have 16 takeaways, which basically puts them on pace for half of what they had last year. There's been opportunities for more. Yeah. They've dropped a ton of interceptions. Nick Kukowski had one last week, dropped it. So, all right, well, here we go. It's uh, the Bears and Chiefs Sunday night football, 720 Sunday on NBC. The Bears are a six-point underdog at home. Some of you might be dreading this game at this point. I don't blame you. Um, Hey, Adam, you want to hit the voicemails first? Oh, yeah, great point. I think we should do that before we drive, dive into this game. Bob Dabrowski would have been so disappointed in you. I know. He would have He would have been really mad. That's okay. Here's your voicemails. Who these should be hot from the Bears' loss to the Packers on Sunday. Hello? Do you know who this is? Oh, you didn't know? Your ass better call somebody! Hogan John's voicemail. The Hogan John's voicemail line. Believe it or not, George isn't at home. Please leave a message at the beep. Got any questions or comments about the Bears? Give the guys a call before, after, or even during the game. 312-222-5050. Go Bears! Hokey Cat, John Z. Bibb, Jimmy John, Jules, Jose, it's Bob Dabrowski here calling in from Lambeau's Field. And boys, I'm sick of these cheese heads all, uh, oh yeah, don't you know, let's go on a boat and eat some cheese. Look at the moon. You betcha. I can't, I can't stand it, boys. The Bears are going to put an end to it today. Bears are going to cut through uh, this defense and offense. They're like a samurai sword through Merck's cheese. They're going to make Aaron Rodgers miss his family at Christmas. Let's go, Bears. Double-digit sacks. Let's go. Let's get them today, boys. Derek from Clovis, California. Um, I'm just going to say it. I'm officially not on the Mitch train. I'm done. He's not my guy, and I will not be buying a number 10 jersey anytime soon. On to the next one. Sid from the West Burbs. Look, guys, everything's looking up right now. We are doubling our points that we put on Green Bay in the first game of the year. So just got to make another 15. Yeah. Nate and Phoenix, there's six minutes and 51 seconds left in the fourth quarter. It is my 38th birthday. I think the Bears can pull this off. I think we can. Oh, no. Mike from L.A. Love the show. I think people need to temper their enthusiasm. Trubisky doesn't lift the play of his teammates. He lost today. He had two picks. Could have had three. Rodgers, who didn't play that well, had zero interceptions. No turnovers. And this Bear team scored a whopping 13 points with this innovative offense and has one win this season against a team with a winning record, and that was against the Vikings when Chase Daniel played quarterback. I think people need to take a hard look that the NFL decent teams have figured out Matt Nagy and the Bears have got to bring in some some big-time competition for Trubisky and not worry about his ego. This was a winnable game against a solid but not great Packer team, and with a better quarterback, we'd probably win. Bear down. Mike, from the wrong side of the cheese curtain, in the end, it was more of the same when the Bears played their rivalry game. A blown call by the refs had me dropping MFs and exiting Lambeau in shame. 
<laughs> he's fastly or quickly becoming my favorite. I think he is my favorite. Yeah? I, yeah. Don't tell Bob. Sorry, Bob. Need to start rhyming. He's done a little rhyming, I feel like. Eh. No? Yeah, he does. All right. What else? Go ahead. I'm listening. All right. Let's get to this game. Six-point underdogs at home. See, I think this spread opened up at four and a half, somewhere around there. Yeah, four and a half, five. And went up to six. People not loving the Bears. No. Hmm. Important game for the Chiefs. To uh, They're in the hunt for a first-round bye, which they need. Yes. Um, if the Patriots win on Saturday and the Chiefs lose to the Bears, the Patriots would clinch that first-round bye. So, so it's a meaningful game. Yep. And the only meaning that, at least when we explained on our last podcast for The Athletic, is this one's from Matt Nagy, right? You want to be a winning team. You want to be a losing team. You got the Trubisky-Mahomes dynamic. Everybody feeds into it. I, I, to, to be honest with you, I, I like that Akeem Hicks is playing. I do, I do too, actually. Yeah, you, I think you made a good point. If there's no risk of further injuring it, that's fine. Players want to play. It's their job. See this thing out. And again, I do think there is value in becoming a winning team, finishing strong. Doesn't sound good. I get it. There's some emptiness to it because you want to be playing for what the Chiefs are playing for. But there's some value in this if if you're a young team, especially one that went through such a turbulent roller coaster ride this year. But how much though? The Fishman brought up a good point. Like eventually, the team with more motivation is going to pull away. Like I can see the Bears keeping this close. I really can. Mm-hmm. Matt Nagy knows that offense well. The Bears defense always keeps things close. There is a fight in Trubisky. There's a fight in this offense. But when does it run up? Again, the Chiefs have a lot more to play for. Their motivations over the course of the game should should win out, in a sense. I, I, uh, I don't know what the over-under is on this, but I would be tempted to take the under. I feel like there's so much familiarity with both offenses. Both defenses have practiced against this offense, going back to training camp. Um, both the coaching staffs have a good idea how to stop the offense. Yeah, you know, uh, it, it, I think you're obviously going to give an edge to the Bears' defense, but they're also facing the better version of these these offenses. Yeah, you yeah. know, and like some of these just start to cancel each other out a little bit. Yeah, I, I want to think that guys like like a. Well, just one guy, Khalil Mack, wants to finish strong. Like I, I, I imagine that he is completely PO'd with his performance and what happened against the Packers game. Like, there's got to be a sense of pride, right? You don't want to get run up on, regardless of who this is, especially your, your coach's former team. I think that's a bad look. I, I feel like some of that pride will be a factor. Again, we're talking about intangible things, like when when X's and O's couldn't be the all and be all in this game. Like we said, the Chiefs have more talent offensively. I think there's guys in the defense too that would love to to make Patrick Mahomes look bad. Yeah, for their quarterback. These guys aren't dumb. They know what's out there. Yeah. Well, one of those guys is Eddie Jackson. Eddie Jackson loves him to Mitch Trubisky. Yeah, I think there's a lot of guys on that team. And they can go out and they can minimize. I mean, the defense can do their part for Mitch by making Patrick Mahomes struggle in this game. Now, there's a difference between saying that and doing that. It's a really good offense. Yeah. Um, 
But again, I think that, well, first of all, they, this, you know, Chuck Pagano knows how important it is to slow down Travis Kelsey in this game. I just, that right now is kind of a Bears weakness. Well, let's talk about a matchup problem. Again, you're going to need a big game out of your safeties because someone's got to be over the top on that. Right. I'm sorry. I, I don't care who it is. Just have like Eddie Jackson cover Kelsey the whole game. Maybe. Maybe. Be inventive. You know what? Take some risks. Yeah. What do you got to lose? That that especially applies to the offense. Like things that you normally wouldn't do. Go after it. Get crazy. Get a little crazy. Absolutely. The problem is you do that, and you can't really double Tyreek. And yet, that's what I mean. You, you need Clinton Dix back. You you need a big game from your safety. There's other there's all other vulnerabilities then. So. It's a tough matchup. It's a tough matchup. Um, should we go ahead and, and do this? Cold predictions. You're looking at me like I, I should have a good one here. Yeah. Okay. You, you always criticize me for Mitch Trubisky passer rating predictions, though. I'm going to say he accounts for... Let's get bold. Let's get crazy. I said crazy, right? Four touchdowns. Trubisky? Yes. I think he lays it all out there. Okay. Running, scrambling, gambling, taking risks. It's going to look ugly at times, but I like to see him, to use the cliche again, lay it all out there. Why not? Playoffs are out of the question. I have no idea what happens with Mitch in this game. I could see it either way. Yeah. What I do know is I think the Bears defense will do a decent job against Patrick Mahomes. So what would be a bold... You guys tell me. What's a bold passer rating to keep him under? 90? Well, he's actually had some lead recently. Hold on. Let me pull this up. Keep talking to Joe here. Let me pull it up. Like, would 90 be bold? 85? Yeah, I had 85 with um, Rodgers last week. That was my bold prediction. Did that come in? I didn't look. <laughs> I think it did. I think that ah, might that. Yeah. Uh, I think I think that might actually... Coming for yeah, you. Yeah, I think that's so, a decent number where it's not, you know, you don't have to have a horrible game to get an 85. I, I so, think. It, uh, go ahead. Sorry. In Mahomes' past four games, let's go with the, the most recent 115.7. All right. That was uh, against Vic Fangio's Broncos. But the three before that, fellas, I don't think people ever like really realized this about Mahomes. And I just lost it. Where is it at? Hold, please. Here it is. 83.6, 81.8, All right, so I'll take a cue from Joe, who, by the way, was correct. Aaron Rodgers' passer rating, 78.2 last week. So take that and think about that for a little bit. I'll, right, I'll, take, the, I'll take the under 85 for Patrick Mahomes in this matchup. That's fun. That's a good one. My bold prediction is that uh, a guy who's gotten plenty of love on this podcast, Tyree Kill, has two touchdowns of over 65 yards. Oh, that's bold. I could see I could see one happening, though. I could he'll, see. he'll give you one electric play. Actually, maybe it's going to be like Hardeman because they're so, they'll be so focused on stopping Hill that it's Hardeman who springs loose. That, that speed is dynamic. Extremely dynamic. And it sounds there. weird. And, and and this isn't to say that Kelsey is a is a isn't an all star isn't the best tight end in the, in the league, but I'm more scared about Hill. I, I don't know who can stick him in coverage, even with a guy over the top. 
where Kelsey, at least, you know, somebody will be in the area. Is there anybody I can't that tell can run you with him? How excited I am uh, to be back on the grass. Good luck with that, Chuck. Because, you know, it, it's true, Joe. I mean, you start talking about this and there's just matchup problems, even yeah. for a good defense. Yeah. That's why the Chiefs are where they are. It's a good group. Uh, their defense is quite underrated, but they, they've played they've well They've improved. Lately. Yes, they've played well lately. They've improved. Predictions. Predictions. All right, so since I have four touchdowns for Trubisky in this game, I'm going to go with a 36-28 Chiefs win. Okay. Things get away from the defense. Maybe there's a turnover or two from the offense. Uh, maybe they if we, we finally see the high-scoring affair that everyone wants to see from Matt Nagy's offense, but it's still not enough. Chiefs make some explosive plays. We'll, we'll get crazy. 36-28 Chiefs. Okay, so I'm still leaning lower because I, th- I I just feel like there's so much, like I said earlier, I think these defenses know these offenses. You know, I don't like my prediction at all. So. <laughs> <laughs> or my bold prediction. But go on, go on. Um, so I do... I get new ones. <laughs> no, you don't get new ones. I get new ones. They're, they're, they're locked in. Hey, this isn't the 2017 draft. There are do-overs on the whole Johns <laughs> podcast. Yeah, that was a good quote yesterday from yeah. Mitch. Yeah. There's no do-overs on myself. Yes. It's it's fine. Fine. So go get it. Yes. I do like the Chiefs. I just think the team that, again, has more to play for here. I do wonder... I do wonder if the tackling... I don't know. I, I, I like your prediction, Joe, that at least one of those gets away. Because um, I do wonder... Just This defense been, has been playing so much. As much as I'd like them to play well schematically against this tough offense, because I think they know the offense so well, I think the plan... They're going to know the plan, how to stop the Chiefs. It's just different in executing it. Yes. So at some two or three moments in this game, there are going to be slip-ups. Okay. You just can't... You can't avoid it. So... I'm going to say Chiefs 24, Bears 13. I'm, I'm, I just, I'm not, I think the offense is, I think the offensive issues continue. Yeah. I, 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 on the other side of things, you just mentioned the Chiefs are playing better defensively. And this, the blueprint's out there on how to stop this Bears team. It is. And I, I think especially. The Chiefs get out to an early lead. Then you got the whole Bears are playing from behind again. They don't run the ball enough. I just, I don't like it. Uh, Here's my do-over. Bold prediction. Trubisky has a higher pass rating than Patrick Mahomes. Game prediction. The Chiefs still win. Here's my score. (laughs) You're looking at me. This is nuts. It's going to be another wonky score. So I'm going to go 22 to like... Uh, let's say 16. 22-16 Chiefs. No, don't care. Should I have been recording that? or You better have. Because <laughs> that's what I'm putting in the athletic. <laughs> <laughs> so you just switched to 22-16. All right. That's an odd score. I didn't think this through, man. I'm in off-season mode a little yeah, bit here. Which, you know? So not only that, Joe, but he picks a push on the spread. Yes. So he goes. He basically goes from having a take to not having a take. Is what just happened. <laughs> oh, and that's man. the facts. That's that's one hundred percent truth. Those game predictions on the Hogan John podcast. I mean, they they really spring up on you. You kind of forget yeah. about them each week until it happens. Yes. Hey, I've been good. <laughs> I get the best record amongst all the athletic writers, maybe in the entire Chicago B Corps. No. games this year. 
I'm not lying. Those are the facts, Jack. Whatever. <sighs> no. And in my own soundboard. <laughs> So right, I think Joe. the Bears keep it close. I, I think, uh, at least in the first half, I think the first half it will be close. They will be motivated to um, get their head coach a win over his um, his mentor. But in the second half, it just becomes a, a game where the Chiefs, you know, take advantage of, like I said, a lack of speed in the secondary. And uh, Patrick Mahomes, few touchdown passes at least. I'm going to go Chiefs 31, Bears 14. Whoa! <laughs> They're going to keep it close. He no, first, first half. half. I know. Yeah. He qualified it first half. So first half cover for the Bears? First half cover for the Bears. Yep. Under on the first half. And then, uh, oh, by the way, total, I'm seeing mid-40s for an over-under. Okay. And I, so I would, that, that my score would have come under then. 20, what did I say? 24 to 13? Yeah. I wasn't listening. So 37. Yeah. Uh, probably not. Yeah. All right. There's some other games around the NFL that matter. A lot this week. I'm going to be at one of them. I'm excited for this. I was trying to think about I like the, that. But as a fan, and people got mad. They yeah, don't know. Are you a Packers fan? Yeah. Are you a Vikings fan? Yeah. Because you worded <laughs> it as I'm going to a game as a fan, yeah, which right. all that meant was that I'm not working. Correct. But I started getting tweets like, well, who are you a fan of? <laughs> Settle down. I have family from Minnesota and Wisconsin. Enough people that would like to go see the Packers play the Vikings. And we're all going to be in Minnesota on Monday night. So why not go to the game? The Vikings are five and a half point favorites. seven fifteen wow. Monday on ESPN. A little surprising. And Dalvin Cook right now, the reports this morning that he's not going to play. Yeah. Um, which makes me feel better about my fantasy league that no one cares about because I lost in the semis. And I would not have had Cook or Chris Godwin this week anyway. I haven't checked my fantasy team in six weeks. I should tell you exactly where I am with my team this year. Lack of commitment. Yeah, something like that. Um, so you didn't even check it down the stretch. What? No, I was dead last. My team stunk. What about you're, you're ruining it for other people in the league, though, if you're not even trying to win? I, well, I, 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 this is very disappointing. Yeah. Well, I don't care. <laughs> um, no, don't care. Well, the Dalvin Cook things kind of changes a lot of things. Because, look, the Packers, got to give them credit. They're 11-3. and three. I don't know if they're a very good 11-3 and three team. Holes in the defense. Didn't look that way against the Bears, but there are holes in that defense. Aaron Rodgers, look, the numbers say he's having a great year, but he's still not Aaron Rodgers of... A few years ago, they got problems. I, I can't see him making a, a deep run. I, I just can't. But give me the Vikings in this. No, give me the Packers to cover. Packers Vi- cover. Packers cover. Vikings win. Um, I like the Vikings here. I think the Vikings are the better team. They are, but Overall. they're missing a superstar running back. What's interesting about this matchup is in that. Two weeks, it's very likely that the Vikings are going to go to Lambeau, and that's going to be the first round match. That's great. And so, this game matters because the Vikings, if the Packers win, they win the North. They can clinch it with a win on Monday night in the Vikings Stadium. Uh, if they if they don't, then it comes down to uh, it comes down to Week Seventeen, and I think the Packers would have to lose to the Lions, right? So it's still unlikely. But um, 
that means there's a good chance they're going to play each other a few weeks at Lambeau. And like, that's how I'm thinking of it. Like, if this game is even at Lambeau right now, I feel like I'd like the Vikings to win. I just think they're better. Well, they are the better team. Especially without... I mean, they're not going to have Dalvin Cook, but the reason is they're trying to get him ready for that playoff game. However, Alexander Madison, who's the backup that everyone loves, there's fantasy players that have kept them stashed on their bench all year in hopes that Dalvin Cook would get hurt and they could plug him in there. And now the one week Cook might be out, Madison might not play either. He's got an ankle injury. So it puts a lot of pressure on Kirk Cousins. Like that's my that's what I'm wondering here. Are the Vikings going to be able to run the ball like they have? And that's what's dicey in this game. I just in the end though, I think Monday night at home, that place is going to be rocking. I'm looking forward to being there. I don't think I've been to a game. That's pretty decent. Pretty good. I don't think I've been to a game in the stands since 2007. Which game was that? It was when, and I might have the year wrong even, Robbie Gold kicked the game-winning field goal against the Steelers at Soldier Field. And I think Kellen Davis caught a touchdown pass. Oh, God, this is like 12 years ago. Kellen Davis. Something like that. I was at that game. That's my last memory of being at a game. As a fan. An NFL game. As a Steelers fan. Can you remember who was the quarterback? Uh, it was definitely the Rex Grossman, Kyle Orton days. Which one started? I can't remember. It's weird that I can remember Kellen Davis catching a pass, but I can't remember who threw it to him. Well, he had like what four in his career, so I would think right. that it was right around. You know, it doesn't surprise me that you remembered one of them. Uh, yeah. Anyway, I'm gonna go Vikings here just because the home field advantage. Don't feel great about it, but give me the Vikings. I'll also take the Vikings. Adam, are you more of a uh, peacemaker or just going there to get, you know, Minnesota liquored up? What's up? What's your plan for the game? I'm going there to enjoy Christmas. Does that make sense? Does that make any sense? I'm not going to be a peacemaker. <laughs> You're not going to be a peacemaker? You're going to be egging them on? Oh, oh, definitely. That's what I like to hear. So usually when I go to Minnesota for sporting events with my cousins, like it's a Twins-White Sox game. And I'm just total. Oh, yeah. We're just rat. I mean, they used to, uh, my cousin would just like yell at AJ Persinski just because he knew it would get under my skin. Yeah. But so now I'm like neutral. So I can get after both, both, uh, everybody, my family. Do it. Be the antagonistic one. Absolutely. What else would I do? Anyway, do you have a pick? <laughs> I already made my pick. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Joe made his too, right? You said the Vikings. Yeah. It's it's just disappointing that it's going to be one of these two teams and not the Bears. That's all. But yeah, I'll take the Vikings, I guess. Yeah. I guess as a fan, I could see why uh, it'd be hard to watch this game Monday night, but suck it up. I was trying to figure out when this game is. I still can't find it. Anyway, uh, we'll, 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 uh, we'll keep it moving here. Oh, man. We just both need a cheeseburger. That's right, Andy Reid and Matt Nagy. All right, uh, Bills, Patriots, Saturday, 3.30, NFL Network. Some good games Saturday. I love Saturday NFL football. Yeah. Um, this will trump the college football games we're about to watch, or talk about here, too, in a second. But Bills at Patriots. Patriots, six and a half point favorite. Big game for the Bills. They could still theoretically win the East. How about that? But they're not. 
I just they actually may be a better team than the Patriots. I just can't bring myself to thinking that any other team in that division can win it besides the Patriots. Is that fair? I just can't see it. Just can't see it. What are you looking at? I'm still trying to find this kick when this game was. Oh, gosh. 2007 memories. It's somewhere. Uh, I like page, or I like the Bills here. Uh, and I'm going to get crazy. I, I like what you just said. I, I don't know if overall the full roster that the Bills are better. But the Bills have shown a lot. And they are clearly a team that's clicking right now. Like Julian Edelman's banged up. Tom Brady is not having a good year. I think the Bills are glued together right now better than the Patriots are. Is that a good way to put it? Yeah. Like, I'd still take Bill Belichick and the whole deal and, yeah. you know, the Patriots organization. And it's it would be freaking crazy. Like the common sense pick is the Patriots and More than else. common sense. Yes. There's, like, no rationale yeah. to believing that the Bills are going to go into to Foxborough and win. Except for the fact that I think the Bills are pretty good. I think they have a good defense. And I think they're going to keep this close. So I have the Patriots winning and clinching the AFC East, but give me the Bills to cover. You better lock it up. You better lock it up. No, you lock it up. You lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. I like that pick. I concur completely. Floor is yours, Joe. Josh Allen struggled against the Patriots. He had a 24 quarterback rating in their first matchup where they lost 16 to 10. I do like them to keep it close, um, but I'm not sure that Josh Allen, uh, back-to-back weeks here, he, he hasn't looked great in a, a win against Pittsburgh and a loss to Baltimore. So this is another playoff team and maybe the best defense in the league. Um, I'm not sure how they score points, but I don't think that the Patriots score a bunch against them because Edelman is injured. And like you guys said, Brady isn't um, the best quarterback of all time right now. Right. Does that make sense? Not really. Tom Brady is not the best quarterback of all time right, right now. Yeah, like he's yeah. not he's not playing. <laughs> no, I get what you're saying. Yeah. Yes, yes. He, he's he's laid groundwork, but he's not he, who he was to Right. Earn he that. is the best quarterback of all time, but he's not that guy right now. No, exactly. On the on no, the field. I think Father Time has finally caught up to yeah. him. Yeah. So this is September twentieth, two thousand nine. You were off two years. That's the game. Yeah, but it so it was, it was a decade ago. That makes sense. We're the Jay Cutler era. Jay's home debut. I was at that game, too. Ah, that I should have remembered. <laughs> exactly. Instead, he remembers Kellen Davis. You sure you got the right game? Yeah. I'm, no, Kellen Davis had five catches for 38 yards and a touchdown. Johnny Knox led the Bears with six catches for 70 yards and a touchdown. Yeah, I should have remembered the quarterback there, especially if it was his home debut. But Hey, Al, Al, Al Lava was on the team. <laughs> Remember him? No, Garrett the Safety. Wolf. Garrett, Garrett Wolf, Garrett Wolf. Ross, yes, running back. Give me two more names. Uh, Tim Shaw. Excellent. The special teamer, yes. Excellent special teamer. And Nick Roach. Linebacker, Northwestern. That's right. Devin Hester, four catches, 21 yards. Get Matt, him in space. Matt Spath. Future Bears tight end with two catches for the Steelers. <laughs> Remember when he was on the Bears? Yes. Okay. And uh, that's a good memory down. Good trip down memory lane. That was the last game I sat in the stands. So here we go. Monday night. It'll be fun. All right. Enough talk about that. Who cares? Moving on. The Saturday night game. 
Rams, 49ers. This could have mattered a lot more if uh, the Rams hadn't gotten smoked by the Cowboys yeah. the other night. Yeah. Called it. The 49ers, though, need this one badly. They inexplicably lost to the Falcons. No, I think it's explicable. <laughs> Is it? <laughs> they're, they're banged up. Richard Sherman, missing him. And if there's one team that's got a good read in Kyle Shanahan, it's the team he used to coordinate in the Falcons. Yeah, that was a bad loss, man. Yeah. And and look, they're running hot for a long time. Injuries catch up to you. Sometimes you just have stinkers. So I can understand it. But they are the superior team. I, I think they're the best team in the NFC. I really do. Just balanced on both sides of the ball. Great lines. Great lines. Give me a... What's the line again? Six and a half, 49ers favorite. Um, you know what? Give me the 49ers and lock it up. You better lock it up. You better lock it up. No, you lock it up. You lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. Yeah, I like San Francisco, too. I think they bounce back after last week's disaster. I think the Rams are toast at this point. Another shout-out to Adam Johns. One of the better predictions of the year. Saying that the Cowboys would actually win very, very comfortably yeah. against the Rams. I have last no week. faith in the Rams. Yeah. But considering where the Cowboys were, that was a pretty bold prediction and it came true. So that was a great pick. And uh, I like the 49ers to uh, end the Rams season here Saturday night on NFL Network. Joe? Yeah, I see the Rams as a totally deflated team after last week. Um, one of the explanations that I have for the 49ers losing to the Falcons last week is looking ahead to this game. Um, you know, it's, it, it was going to be on a short week. Obviously, they're playing on Saturday night. I think, uh, yeah, at home, they lock it up. They, they get the job done. I'm not locking it up, but they lock it up. Got it. You know, I'm not an offense coordinator. I'm not a defense coordinator. I'm not a special teams coordinator, but I coordinate all three. All right, this was the game that was maybe going to go in uh, in place of the Bears-Chiefs game. It's the Saints at Titans. The Titans are two-and-a-half-point home dog noon Sunday on Fox. They didn't even wait for the outcome to change that. Did they, did they not? Like, they, they just are immediately after the game or what, how, whatever. Um, Did the Titans play at noon last week? I can't remember. I don't know. Um, What's his line again? The two-and-a-half-point underdog Titans at home. Yeah. Give me the Saints, actually, in a bit of a route here. I like the Titans. Ryan Tannehill's a hell of a story. But Drew Brees, that team is hot right now. I mean, some of the passes he was throwing, I mean, that's why he's a Hall of Famer. They're right up there with the 49ers in terms of completeness. I think they show it against the Titans. Give me the Saints in a route. Yeah, I like the Saints, too. Uh you know, the Titans kind of blew their opportunity last week at home against the Texans. Their playoff hopes are on life support right now. The Saints really took it to the Colts, uh, a team that completely quit on Monday night. I'm not saying the Titans are going to do that, but I just like how the Saints are playing right now. Give me New Orleans. Yeah, I can't argue that. Saints look really good, um, and, and they got to lock up home field advantage. You saw how important it was on Monday night. That's a place that just gets loud and rowdy. Make sure that you have the buy. Make sure that you know you're not playing anywhere else besides New Orleans. Saints win in a uh, in an easy one. You can lock that up for sure. You better lock it up. You better lock it up. No, you lock it up. You lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. All right, last game to pick. I think we gotta um, come out hard and stay hard. The Dallas Cowboys go to Philadelphia. The Eagles are a one and a half point home dog. Three twenty five Sunday on Fox. And now it's time to doubt the Cowboys again. <laughs> Okay. Can't trust them. Well, you can't s- trust them. You seem to have your pulse on this. Yes. 
Dun, 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 dun. Give me Carson dun, Wentz. Dun, dun, dun. Can't trust them. Give me, give me the Carson Wentz and the Eagles by a touchdown or more. Really? Yes. Well, now you're you're making me feel different about this because you are the uh, the pulse holder of the Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I. Yes, I am. Uh, I kind of like the Cowboys here. Winning that, huh? I just think. Look, I said last week they're a team that just needed a win. I think they're a solid team, kind of like the Bears. Not great, but when the Bears just needed a win, then they went on a little bit of a run. I think the Eagles are still pretty much a mess. Yeah, for the most part, I know what you're saying. I, f- I feel like if you're going to pick a team that has a little bit of a run in them, it's the Eagles because they did it last year. Yeah, that was also with Nick Foles. I know. So. Wentz played well last game, though. Some called it his best game ever. He is good in the stra- like in clutch moments. I will hand him that. Hand him that. Uh, great job on my bench, by the way, Carson Wentz. Give me the Cowboys, Joe. Yeah, I'm going to take the Cowboys too, and it's really not because I have faith in the Cowboys. It's really because I have no faith in the Eagles. I mean, yeah, he had a big game, but that's against a bad Washington team. Um, you get Zeke going early. I know Philadelphia's going to be amped to have the Cowboys in the building, but I, I think the Cowboys kind of run away with this one and win the division. You think so? Yes, sir. Okay. I was trying to find the uh, playoff scenario email. Playoffs? Did you got that? Here we go. NFL playoff scenarios for week 16. Just to make sure we have this all covered in games that we picked. Patriots can clinch the AFC East with a win. They clinch a first-round bye if they win, and the Bears beat the Chiefs. Um, Houston just needs the win. If they if they if they beat the Bucs, they win the AFC South. That takes care of that. The Packers, we mentioned, if they beat the Vikings, they win, and a Dallas win over the Eagles clinches the division. That's another reason. I kind of like them to go into Philly, stick it to them, win the division on their turf. Okay. All right. And all the uh, all the Vikings need to do is either win or have the Rams lose to clinch their playoff berth. The Rams need help. Yes, they do. The Rams will become a Viking fan if they win this week and the Vikings lose. Then they're going to need help from the Bears next week. So, still some things. Take that and think about it. Or there could be a lot of games in Week 17 that don't matter. Is another which is always happens. Yeah. <laughs> All right, just a couple college games to pick here. We're in the early part of bowl season, which is usually not that much fun. Uh, but there is a uh, a New Mexico Bowl that I want to pick, really for just personal reasons. But this is kind of cool. Uh, the 22Q Family Foundation that you've heard me talk about before on this podcast is a uh, proud sponsor of the New Mexico Bowl. I, That's great. Yeah. There was, uh, even at one point, the New Mexico Bowl is one of them that does not have a title sponsor. And that almost, there was a discussion about that. If you could make it the 22Q family New Mexico Bowl, which would have been sweet. Um, but uh, you, if you're watching the game, you will see some signage and stuff. Uh, on the sideline is the whole point is to raise awareness yeah. for 22 Q, which is what we're always talking about here on the podcast. So if you happen to tune into the New Mexico Bowl, one o'clock Saturday on ESPN, you will see um, some of that. And uh, maybe if you're a podcast listener, you might be with some family or something, and you might say, "Hey, look, 22 Q." Maybe explain it to 
uh, whoever you're with. But that is the uh, g- genetic disorder that my son has, and it is a uh, deletion of the 22nd chromosome, which just results in you know medical complications, a wide-ranging uh, effect depend on, depending on how big the deletion is, but it's something that uh, not a lot of people know about, and yet it's second only to Down syndrome in terms of genetic conditions. So uh, it should be more well-known than it is, which is the whole point of 22Q Family Foundation, trying to spread awareness, and this Saturday they will be doing so in the New Mexico Bowl, which I think is pretty sweet. How, how great would it be if this becomes almost like a trend for other yeah, you know, awareness initiatives instead of like the GoDaddy.com or... Dominoes. Yeah. Well, look, the uh, Makers Wanted Bahamas Bowl, I think it is. That's Elk Grove Village. Like, this is the creativity. Like, if we're going to have these crazy bowl names, Elk Grove Village was like, well, let's sponsor some random one that's on TV and it'll get a bunch of pub. And their slogan, I guess, is Makers Wanted because they're trying to get people to, I don't know, come there and make things. Wait, Elk Grove Village over here? Yes, in Illinois. They're sponsoring a bowl game? Yes. The Bahamas Bowl. This is the second year in a row they've done it. That can't be an expensive sponsorship, but... It's expensive. And no, that, but this was like the thinking with the 22Q. Yes. Like if you could have, like, find a bowl game that doesn't have a sponsor. Well, bowl games should give discounted sponsorship initiatives, yeah. you know, like to, to that. Like mm-hmm. that. That's different. That's for a great cause. But, hey, you know... But I'm with you. Shoot Let's... your shot out, girl, village. Get, get out there. <laughs> That's what I'm saying, though. It's sweet. If we're going to have these crazy bowl games, we might as well make them for good causes. Yeah, yeah. I don't need to hear more about Papa John's or Domino's or whatnot, you know? I like to see, like, like Louis and Villa Park, you know? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like Pinstripe Bowl. Yeah. The Moretti's Pinstripe Bowl. Yeah, there you go. That works. There we go. Uh, all right. Uh, I don't know anything about this game, really, to be honest with you. <laughs> yeah, who's playing? <laughs> Central. <laughs> I know who the teams are. Central Michigan versus San Diego State. San Diego State is a three and a half point favorite. One o'clock Saturday. And then just give me the give me the underdog. Central Michigan. Yeah, I'm going to take Central Michigan because uh, Mike Bajakian, who's the new offensive coordinator for Northwestern, uh, coached Dan Lefevre and Antonio Brown at Central Michigan. Oh, okay. So I'm, gonna, <laughs> I'm taking the Chippewas. Okay, thumbs up. Stole my game notes. Dang. Um, <laughs> I also like the Chippewas. Um, the, the the number opened up at six, and I don't think it's uh, it's a bad move to still get it up uh, right here at three and a half. This is a team that uh, went nine and three against the spread during the season, so they are comfortable in the underdog role, and I think they do win outright. So this is this is a, a good Central Michigan team. I don't think it's going to be a must-watch game, but for the reasons that Adam said, I, I uh, encourage people to watch and spread the word. All right. Appreciate that. Um, all right. We'll keep it moving here. And our final game of the week. Uh, where, where's our friend Patrick Finley? This one's actually interesting. Boise State, Washington. It's Chris Peterson retiring uh, at Washington. And of course, he used to coach at Boise State. And this is the Las Vegas Bowl, 6.30 Saturday on ABC. Washington is a three-and-a-half point favorite. They're unranked. Boise State is number 19. Ooh. Um, I'll take the emotional factor, playing for the coach. Yeah. Give me Washington. Um, that's usually how I side in these bowl games. Been kind of a down year for Washington, but this does give them enough incentive for a, a bowl game to send their coach out against their former team. I think Boise State's the 
better team, so I don't like that Washington is uh, a three and a half point. You know what? Now that I consider the points, especially with the hook over three, I think the Huskies win, do not cover. So I'm going to take Boise State to cover. I think it's been a down year overall for these uh, group of five teams. Uh, Boise State might be a little overrated here. Um, I, I I can't say a ton about it. I, I can't say that I've watched a second of either team. Well, I've, I've seen a, a little bit of Washington. But, uh, yeah, why not go with what everybody else says, win one for the Gipper, and uh, the Huskies win and cover. <laughs> All right. It's the kind of college football analysis you don't get anywhere else. Win one for the Gipper. Win it for the Gipper. Chris Peterson. <laughs> Yes, <laughs> also known as the Gipper. <laughs> All right, we're out of here. Bears and Chiefs Sunday night. Uh, hope you find a way to enjoy the game. Yeah, <laughs> it could be really. It could be really great. It's supposed to be a pretty mild night. It's supposed to be like fifty. Yeah, I don't know about that at kickoff, but the high on Sunday is fifty. A lot better than two days ago when the high was like thirteen. Yeah, I'm not complaining about it. Trust me. Yeah, I'm sure the Chiefs will take it after playing in that snow. Although fifty degrees usually means they start blasting the air conditioning in the press box, and it becomes a problem. So it could be really cold. Yeah, they got a the thermostat. Yeah, like they need in terms of access problems. Then they they need to give us access to it. Yeah, let us control it. Yeah, because then they had the we had the really cold game a couple weeks ago. It wasn't really cold, but it was pretty cold against Cowboys. And then it got really hot. And you had the windows open because it was so hot in there. Yes, I did. Yeah. I'm with you. Let Adam Johns control the thermostat yes. inside the Soldier Field. I am by. 100% behind that decision. Adam Johns! All right. Thanks, Follow Kyle. us on Twitter. At Adam Hogue. At Adam Johns. At Joey Joe Rowe. Enjoy the weekend. Enjoy the games. We'll be uh, back Sunday after the game. We're not going anywhere next week's Christmas, but we'll we'll plug in through. See ya. Love media.